what I learned through my journey, through the help of our friend Shay originally, and Zach, and so many others that are in our community that shared about it, that allowed me to go and reach out to them when I needed help, was, dude, life is a one day at a time affair. One day at a time, one step at a time. When shit gets really hard, like, I mean, there's all kinds of chaos. Like, I woke up this morning not knowing how we were going to do something. I'm f- feeling anxiety. And it's just like one step at a time. That's the only solution. What's like the next best thing I can do? And like when stuff feels overwhelming or you don't believe in yourself or you don't think you can do whatever you want to do, so fuck it all, is just like, well, what's the next best thing that you can do? And like it's this however long it takes, it's this journey of rewiring your brain to just see that all you have to do is take the next step. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. For today's convo, we have Fayez Rana returning to the show. Fayez has been on for episode one, episode 100, and a couple others in between, and this one I believe just might be his best. In this episode, we ask ourselves, who do we want to speak to and make an impact on, in which we came to the conclusion that we can best serve other people who are beginning their journey of starting a business, or they are in the middle of any other type of major life transition. So if you are someone who is interested in building up your self-awareness, conquering your fears and insecurities, and learning some tips and tricks on life and business, this episode is for you. Please welcome back to the show, Fayez Rana. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive On Live podcast. And every 100 episodes or so, we bring on one of the guys that's most inspirational to me here in Austin, Texas, one of my best friends, and somebody who actually got my ass in gear to start this podcast in the first place, Mr. Fayez Rana. How are you doing today? What's up? I wish it was episode 200, but it's not. <laughs> we got episode one and episode 100 together, so we'll do 207 together. Yeah, we were supposed to do, yeah, I think this is 206, 207, something like that. We were supposed to do episode 200 together, but Fayez is a is a busy man um, these days, and we couldn't make it happen, but 206, 200. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? It's gonna, uh, it's still going to be a great time, and you're going to learn a lot. And today, when we were thinking about what we want to chat about, um, we realized we can go in a million different directions on a million different topics. And if I had posed this question, well, like, who do we want to speak to? Mm-hmm. Who's our audience? And I feel like I'm going to throw that back on you. Who do you think that we can have the most impact on uh, with the conversation today? I got a good idea. Let's talk to uh, who we were on episode one. <sighs> so we were just two guys. I, I have a headquarters down the street now. You have an office. But episode one was recorded on the roof of Whole Foods with some <laughs> rinky-dink little microphone setup because we had nowhere else to go. So how long ago was that? Three, four years ago? That was in April of 2019. I believe it was 2019. So not that long ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. Or 2018. I think it might have been. I, I should can, know I can this. see I the visual I of, of who we were, and it just that was a completely different person, right? So like talking to him, there's just a lot more people that are at that phase of their journey that I think would could potentially, you know, learn some stuff. I agree. So you say phase of the journey, what phase were we in at that point? Just pure getting started mode. Like nothing had quite taken root, but it really felt like it could. And there was also the, there were so many opportunities and possibilities, right? Like the ideas were kind of endless and they still are, but um, there's a lot more focus now because things have taken root, right? My business is working. You've narrowed your lane quite a bit and understood like, this is what people really get value 
from me for. Mm. Whereas back then it was like, oh, it could be this. It could be that. We could do this. We could do that. <laughs> Which is great. But, it, you know, that energy is also overwhelming because it's like, well, if I could do everything, then what am I even going to do? Right. And so it's nice to be here now, which is still very much at the beginning of the journey if you take a 20, 30 year lens, but there's way more rootedness. And when I wake up, it's not like, what are all the things I could work on today? It's, I know what the most important things I can work on are. And even more so, what I am definitely not working on. And what I'm definitely not (laughs) working on, yeah. That was the problem, I think, like, if we're going, I think it's three or four years ago, going back, it was, I had no, I had no clue what to say no to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if mm-hmm. you felt that within your own business. I feel like every business that I worked on or people that I worked with, I just wanted to please. So mm-hmm. whatever needed to get done, I would just agree to get it done. Mm-hmm. And what I started realizing over the years was just like, I was half-assing in a lot of different areas rather than just saying, okay, I could do 100% in this one area and these other areas somebody else has to do. Um, Or I can manage that other area and help us get that done, but like I'm not the one that's the stakeholder that's the person that's being relied upon to make it happen. Hmm. And so let's go back to that lens. We're on the Whole Foods rooftop and something that I think you and I have always done really well compared to some of the other entrepreneurs or people that I've hung around is like the ability to go from idea to execution so quickly where a great example is you challenge me to start a podcast. Now, most people, when they say start a podcast, what do you think they're doing? Like if I were to like post to somebody on the other line, like go they're, start a podcast. They're trying to get perfection out the gate, like have everything lined up, know exactly what they're going to do, have the theme song ready, make sure they have an editor hired, make sure they have their logo, make sure the Instagram page is set up, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever perfection looks like to them. But the key, like here's something that helped me is asking yourself, like, what's the key metric in a podcast? Who is the key person in that environment? Are people listening? Yeah. And I mean, why like, do they want to listen? Total listeners. Are they listening through to the end of the episode and do they come back to listen again? I mean, that's, those are the three things I'd pay attention to. And before you, I guess, just like in a business like yours, Prepped Eater, before you can say like how many customers we have, you have to look at, okay, how can I create a product that people actually want? And in a podcast, it's the guest and the host. So you have to level yourself up to be better at what you're doing to even get that initial traction. And I think that falls off for a lot of people. And like, if we're going back to when I was 25, five years ago, six years ago, I wasn't necessarily, I was focused on like accruing the numbers of people or the number of followers rather than yeah, just improving myself. Yeah. Get good at the thing. That's something we forget about in the grand visions of, well, for people with a lot of ideas, <laughs> typically get grand vision to things. Uh, there are other people who don't have that problem, right? They don't have any idea about anything, right? So, <laughs> so they're lost, but that's just not us. We get a lot of ideas and they're beautiful. Wow. Like, oh, this is what could be. And then we get distracted and stop. Like, so we started our business December, 2016. We're in 2022. We're turning six years old in a few months. And the number of businesses I have seen start and quote unquote, go out of business in that time are, I could write you lists. And they were all people that were popular for a season. Everybody that we know is sharing about them on Instagram. They came and they went. And those were all decisions. Those were all decisions. They didn't have to go out of business. They chose to go out of business for a re- one reason or another. And so whether it's a person starting this podcast, how many people do you know that have gotten the idea for the podcast, maybe done an episode or two or five or 10 or 15, and they don't have the podcast going anymore. There's also, there's probably even more. I don't even know. Like, I think everybody, there's very few people (laughs) that I've known where I knew them when they started the podcast to they've produced an episode every single week for longer than a couple month time frame. Yeah. I think that's a journey in and of itself. There comes this point where it's like, Stopping is no longer really an option. I guess it's always an option. 
but that doesn't feel like the consideration anymore at all. Like Heather and I will talk about it sometimes. Like, should we stop? Should we do something else? And the answer always comes back to like, that feels crazy. Like it's just getting better. Like, why would we stop now? Even when things are hard and they get hard. I was thinking about this before we came, like every step of the entrepreneurial journey, right? Let's say you're at an idea and then you make somebody buy something from you. So you make $20 or $50 or whatever it is. Then you make something. I was thinking back to, we were at a coffee shop. This was one of the big waste of time activities you and I did together. (laughs) It was like 10 guys that we got together at this coffee shop and we were talking about some thing we were going to do. It was maybe an event or it wasn't a waste of time, but some collective we were going to do that would result in something that never resulted in anything. And I was like, yeah, you know, we're going to be making 10 K a week soon. And I was thinking back to that and I was like, man, if we were making 10 K a week right now, like I would be wondering what the fuck is going on. And so, but at that time it was like, oh my God, that would just be mind blowing if we could, if we could hit that revenue number and every step of the way. So let's say I remember when we were making $1,000 a week. Right. And so you, at each step, you just take on a little bit more risk. Like you overextend yourself, right? So you're making a thousand dollars a week and maybe you're like, okay, I believe we can get to 2000. So we start spending 1500, right? Cause you got to bring on the people or the resources or stretch yourself. So you take a risk, then you get to 2000 and you're like, I think we can get to 5,000. So you increase your stuff a little bit and you get to 5,000. You're like, I think we can get to 10,000 and you keep going. And it feels somewhat the same every time because you're putting yourself on the line. And so now we're at where we're at, which is more than the numbers that I've given you, but we're still in that slightly overextended state where it's like, I believe that we can get to significantly more than where we're at. And so day to day, there's still that, Oh shit. What if it doesn't work? And I don't know what the point of this is, but that's kind of what keeps you alive as an entrepreneur. I don't know if it's the same for podcasting per se. And I don't even know if that's the same for all businesses, but that's been the same for our business. And I love that. Now let's flip it on to, I think people gain more out of why do they give up than Mm -hmm. what to do. So going back to you clearly have, have the fire to keep going from the 1,000 to 2,000 to the 10,000 to the 20,000 to I want to make a million dollars a month to whatever it is after that. Same thing with the podcast. It's been less about downloads for me and more about is my content improving from that podcast every single, every single month. So like, did I produce better videos? Did I produce better teasers? Did I run better ads? And if I can look back and say, every six months I'm further ahead than I was, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going with this because I, there's still improvements to be made. And then through that process, eventually I'll get the downloads and get the monetization and all that stuff. So that that's the only difference is just like the end customer is a little bit different. The metrics are a little bit different, but the thought process of I'm putting more on the line because to produce more content, it's like, I got to get new cameras. I got to get new lights. Exactly. I got to hire a full-time videographer to come in and start making clips. So it's, I'm not making more money per se from it. The thing is generating more attraction and getting me more opportunities and more currencies coming. Like I just went and did a speaking engagement and I make more in a day than a lot of people do in two weeks of work. Now, how do I set myself up to replicate that? So I'm doing that once a week. And then I level up even to the point where it's more money than in that one opportunity, but that takes an investment. I got to put together the first thing that I ask my buddy, Joe, who lock that gig up for me is how do I reinvest in myself so that this happens more frequently? Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, you need to make these couple things. Mm -hmm. Then I think in my head, like, okay, that's probably going to cost a couple thousand dollars to get this thing situated. So the money that I literally just made is then already out the door, but then it's going to bring in this next egg and you're basically building a system that is just constantly producing eggs. Now, most people never build a system to produce the eggs. They're just constantly chasing the eggs. That's why I think that a lot of people give up because they get into it for the wrong reason. They, they get into it to get the golden egg rather than getting into it to like create a goose that then lays eggs for the rest of their life where they're literally just figuring out how do I better create this system? And a system could be your team. It could be your community. It could be 
however you want to make an impact on this world, leveling that up and leveling your expertise up to, to grow the thing. In your eyes, why did those people that you mentioned give up? What are some of those stories that... It's what you just said. I think they get into it for the wrong reasons. And I think they're delusional about how much it takes. Oof. If you've talked that, a lot, of, a lot about that before. Yeah, it's just, it's dumb. It's dumb. I, I think the thing that served me the most is that I love to read biographies, autobiographies. And when I was younger, let's say like late teens, early twenties, I just wanted to read or watch as much as I could from successful entrepreneurs, actors, directors, like artists, any of that field will tell you how long and arduous there is a process of not seeing a reward. And then you become the overnight success where others start to recognize it. And so if you're not completely dedicated to the process of getting really good at a thing and you're just looking at it for the result, then you're probably going to quit because you don't realize how much effort and you should expect the unexpected. You should expect that it feels like it's not working. You should expect that things will go wrong because they will. And if you can expect that, then it still sucks when those things happen, but you're like, yeah, this is part of the process. I already, it's not that Dude, this isn't going to, yeah, it's not that this isn't going to work. Am I doing the right thing? It's okay. This is part of the process. What's the solution? Let's keep moving forward. So this is the dynamic between me and my partner who's also my wife, every step of the way we're open about this with each other. She would have quit a long time ago, but when these like very stressful moments happen, you can't make payroll. You don't know where rent's going to come from. You're over leveraged on credit cards and debt and you don't see a way out. Somebody's quit. There's a COVID outbreak. There's a freeze and you lose 60 grand in inventory. You don't know how you're going to fulfill it. Like there's just all kinds of shit that happens. And at every one of those moments you think like, is this it? And the answer is no, it's not it unless you decide that it's it. And a lot of people decide like, okay, this is so bad. This must be the end of the road. But there's very few instances where it really is the end of the road. You just have to decide to keep going. And your job as an entrepreneur or a creator is to figure out how to keep going. That's your job, 100%. And so unless you just simply cannot figure out a solution to buy yourself more time to get better at the thing that you need to get better at, then you do not quit. I haven't seen a good example of a reason to quit yet, unless it's like, I'm sure there are good reasons, but for most people, yeah, from what I've seen, it's it's not. There's few, like few come to mind. It's just like your family, yeah, like health. Yeah, totally. That there's, stuff is, there's certain things that, but I, I think like we would agree upon that. And like most people, that's not why mm -mm. they're giving it no. up. Because even people that have those really hard struggles, they, they seem to figure it out yeah. more so than the people that don't have those struggles. So if we're speaking to that younger version of ourselves, what was in us? Like what, what do you, what principles do you think that you grew up with or you learned along the way that taught you to be like that? Because I feel like it's getting even more few and far between than decades ago. I think people just aren't built the same way that they were. You're talking about Socrates here sitting up behind me. Yeah. In yeah, there's this painting. This, yeah. There's a, painting it's like this greek painting and socrates is spitting some philosophy on somebody over there and and i was just looking at this kind of chaotic picture and being like there were these ideas going around of how society could be better and uh, people that govern themselves and free exchange of ideas and the best idea wins and if i was him or you could be him it would be very easy to say like in a time where there's slavery and war and rape and those things are just kind of the norm to say human beings can't handle that. Human beings can't handle that level of freedom and a more peaceful society than is. And the comment I made to you is like the ideas he was talking about didn't really take root in society until 2000 years later. Cause he was talking about that in like 400 BC and America wasn't born until 1776. 
and even that was an imperfect freedom for a vast, you know, a large population. The French Revolution didn't happen till you know, 100 years earlier than that. And we're still getting better at it, right? Many would argue that we're still not in a perfect society. We're obviously not in a perfect society. <laughs> um, Does it exist? Yeah. So all that aside, it's like, I think I slightly disagree with what you said, that people aren't built the same. I actually think what I currently think is, Whatever the size of the population, I think at any given time in human history, there's only been a certain percentage that are like willing to take utmost personal responsibility for their life and sort of quote unquote, do what it takes to live a life that they want to. And, you know, there's just a lot more people now. So it feels like a lot of people aren't like that, but I think you're one of them. I think I'm one of them. Where it's just like, are you going to be one of the people that does the hard things and realizes that life is not really supposed to be fair? If I spend my energy on complaining about why it's not fair, rather than just being practical and dealing with the cards that I was dealt, I could be that person and just take responsibility for myself. Or I could just wait for the system to take care of me. And I definitely don't want to be the latter that is like waiting for the perfect conditions. I believe that you should try to craft those perfect conditions like Socrates did, but those idea ideas can take long, long, long times to take root. And that's very worthwhile to be a part of that conversation. And if you can reading Obama's biography after he left office is a very interesting thing because he represented like this strain of hope, right? Like, yes, we can. And like a post-racial society that we elected our first black president. Like we must be past the original sins of our country. And then you get Donald Trump right afterwards. And his biography really speaks to like the inner turmoil of that experience for him, where it's like, I was supposed to represent all this progress in the country. But after he got elected, you saw the number of militias in the country go from like double digits to thousands. You saw the rise of the Tea Party that was explicitly there to shut him down and anything that he did down just on the basis that we can't let whatever this guy wants happen. But that doesn't mean that what he did and what he represented wasn't worth it, right? You just have to take that really short lens and expand it and be like, wait, we did have, we did have a black president. And there's no doubt that because Barack Obama was president, you have all these young kids that are people of color and LGBTQ that like now have the courage to say, oh, I think I can do something similar to that too and run for city council and run for Senate and run for Congress. And so that's like this strain of, I'm not going to wait for the system to take care of me. I'm going to, I'm going to do my part and do what I can. And that's fucking exhausting and hard as shit. It's much harder than just being a fucking poopy pants crybaby like David Goggins <laughs> would say, right? Like just sitting there and being fucking pissed about everything all the time, blah, 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 blah. It, that, that's easier. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning in to this episode with Fias. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, Sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back into the conversation with Fayez Rana. I 
love what you just said. That was awesome. Um, what I meant by we aren't built the same is the systems are predatory on creating human beings that are physiologically not the same as we were mm. 50 years ago. Yeah. Just look at the obesity rate, diabetes, yeah. mental health. We are going down. Like the average age of the American is going down when we have new technology and resources that should the opposite should be happening. That's really where I was going with yeah. we're not built the same where it's essentially different systems in our society, whether you want to believe education, healthcare, ph pharmaceuticals, the government yeah. is preying and marketing to the weaknesses of society. And you mentioned a lot more people. So that's where I was just like, if the amount of people is growing, the average amount of people that fall in that category grows. And that's why the obesity continues to rise because the amount of people that are becoming obese rises. And then in my head, I'm just like, the ability for that person to have the mental resilience, if they can't even have the mental resilience to focus on their own health and like make sure that they're okay, how are they going to have the mental resilience when shit hits the fan? That's where my head was going a little bit. Yeah. But you're 100% right. The beauty of today's world, it's like a catch-22 where we're in media and we're doing something that's media-based is there's so much information out there. It's good and it's bad. But the good side of it is you can be inspired by that one person that does this one thing that you see yourself in and you're like, oh, I could do the same thing. You grind for 10 years and then your 10 years of grinding then maybe make a ripple effect on the lifespan of our universe, right? So I really like that as well. I think the fine line is how do we make sure that it's more of the good than the bad? And I think even within ourselves, like when we're younger, I would say, we're much wiser now and we lean more into complete ownership and mm -hmm. being a better communicator and a better leader versus beforehand you're like questioning like, why am I doing this? And is it my ego? Is it for financial reasons? How do we instill principles that last like Socrates hmm. did? Like how do we do that right now in your eyes? Yeah. I, and I think to clarify, like everything that I'm saying is geared towards like that 23, 25 year old male in America, mm -hmm. like explicitly, like if you're a young man in America, like you have just so much more available to you than you, you have so much available to you that it's just better to focus on that than what's not available to you. I'm sure there's plenty of corner cases and, you know, plenty of stuff there is, but this isn't North Korea. And, you know, as this episode's being recorded, you're not a woman in Iran, like you can make good choices for yourself. And how do you lay those principles out? I just don't know. I don't know. It, it comes back to like old conversations I'd have with friends, like is, are ambitious people just born ambitious? I don't really know. I can only speak from my experience and just like what's exciting to me every single day is I have some idea of what I can be. And then there's the reality of what I am and trying to close the gap on those two things is what's exciting to me in life. That's it. That's brilliant. Right. And it's like, okay, well, how do I become my highest self? Right? Like that evolves when you and I were sitting down at whole foods five years ago, my highest self, as I could conceive it was capable of a certain level since I've proven so many things to myself in that time, my highest self is capable of way more than what I conceived five years ago. And that's because I developed character traits, right? I kept promises to myself and we're all breaking different kinds of promises to ourselves on a daily basis. And to me, this is it's definitely controversial to say, <laughs> but I think it's worth saying because, you know, when these school shootings happen, and it's usually like this young male that was really angry at society and went and shot up a bunch of kids in a very recognizing the dark parts of myself can relate to that kid because I remember being 17 years old and getting really angry at shit because I grew up in a very, you know, conservative town in Colorado Springs and experienced a ton of racism and, you know, just physical, mental, like racism. And I can relate to that kid who's just like, fuck society, like, fuck this, fuck it. But like the difference between that kid 
that could go out and just take that. What is that feeling? That's a feeling of powerlessness. It's the opposite of empowerment. That kid that goes and commits that crazy atrocity is feeling completely disempowered. And we're like trying to talk about whether it's gun control or family values. And it is both of those things. But like what's happening inside that young kid is feeling like this is the only way I can take control and I'm going to show everybody like fuck them all. And that's the extreme case, right? That's the most extreme case. But how do you go from completely disempowered as a young male to empowered? It's not like I need to fix the whole system. It's just, I need to learn how to keep baby promises to myself every day. Because when I can keep baby promises to myself, I then can believe in a better future for myself. Because if I know I say I'm going to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and I do that for a certain number of days in a row, then I also believe like, oh, maybe I can also go to the gym. And then I do go to the gym. That's why becoming fit as a young male is like one of the most empowering things you can do because you prove to yourself both physically and then how you feel that, oh, I can change something about my life. And then I say, you know what? I could start my own business or I could get a job that I like. Let me take the steps just like I did over my 24 month fitness journey, do that towards my work. And you start to feel slowly more and more and more empowered. And to me, that's the journey of that young male that starts puberty at 12, 13, 14, 15, gets hit with all these fucking hormones and is just like this raging animal when you're in puberty as a young dude. And you have to then harness that into somebody that believes in themselves. And then hopefully when you're in your late 20s or early 30s, you are empowered and you're like, yeah, I, I can't control everything in the universe, but at least I believe that I can control myself. And that is, I think, the principle that we're talking about is how can you cultivate that in young men? And that's my answer to your question. That's how, that's how I think you can cultivate those principles that are the foundation of a meaningful life. Yeah, it's... I can go back and remember feeling not empowered. And then you can multiply that because like I'm a white male, right? So it's like there's levels to this game of like, okay, take me and then put me into a different race and then amplify how I felt tenfold. And then take that person and put them in a different country where they don't even have certain resources and freedoms where you don't have, I mean, you take away people's food and water and it becomes real sketchy really quick, real fast, real fast. And I think that's another thing here in America that we don't realize because it's just, I mean, you can have food at your doorstep so quickly, even if you're on the lowest part of the totem pole here in America, like there's stores everywhere. Someone there's handouts everywhere. Like this country is leveled up to the point where you, you can make it if you want to, which is beautiful, but there's cracks in that system. And I think one of the cracks, especially for males, where I look at it, and I just gave a talk at a college about this, is really understanding, like, what were your dreams when you were a kid? Have you watched the documentary of And One? No, but I, Dude, I saw it. I just didn't watch it. You have to watch this. Yeah, I remember And One. <laughs> um, it was awesome. and But you see, like, even people in impoverished areas, they have dreams. When you're a kid, you have this dream of like something bigger, even in the worst of the worst. And I think what we do to a lot of males is we take away, we strip those dreams away from them and they don't have anything to hold on to or we're not allowed to hold on to it. We're not allowed to have emotions and hold on to these different things. And when I felt when I got into entrepreneurship was now I have something I can hold on to again that was like comforting to me. The pain was almost comforting. It was like when I go through this hard thing with my business or the podcast or the relationships I'm building, it now had a purpose to it versus in grade school and you're trying to figure out like, why am I even here on this planet? And someone bullies you or someone just does downright like some shitty things I've seen. You don't have anything to attach to to say, okay, like this bad thing is happening to me. I'm going to get through it. And here's, here's what I'm going to hold on to in this moment to like, get me through this moment. Like hmm. they don't have anybody. And hmm. especially the kids on that cyberbullying wasn't really a thing when I was younger. So now it's not only does it follow you, not only does it happen in school, but it follows you everywhere. 
So that's another scary part where it's just like, you can't be empowered to do anything because at all moments of your life, you're just under attack. So I love how you brought that up because that I think shapes, again, you use a polarizing example, but if we bring the two ends of the spectrum and then you bring them to the middle, like just like I was talking about the averages of obesity in that side of the world for mental health, a lot of people just lost what they have to hold on to. And that's why I think we see a lot of people in their early 20s, mid 20s, just completely lost, me being one of them of like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm just gonna drink a lot, I'm just gonna smoke a lot, I'm just gonna go out a lot, I'm just gonna spend money on things that I shouldn't be spending money on. Again, because I just didn't have that thing to hold on to. What, for you, was the first thing that you were holding on to? Because Prep Your Duro, I know the story of when it began, and if you listen to Faiz's previous episodes, he was on one and 100, now over 200, and I think there's, another one in between there. Mm-hmm. You can learn about Prep Theodore and what he's built, but this is more so a question of like what was going on before that to finally maybe grab a hold of entrepreneurship and, and this purpose that you're going to drop out of school and you're going to do these things that Fias really wants to do. And mm. I'm going to end there because I think most males, at the end of the day, we just really want to do what we really, a lot of people just want to do what they want to do and go chase the things that they want to chase but we have we shackle ourselves, mm. and once we release them, we have this purpose, and we're willing to take on the pain, as I say, that we know that we're going to have to go through. Mm. Okay, so like before prep to your door, I'll what talk set about you that up for success with prep to your door because it's not chance. It wasn't even when we started it. I was not who I am now, so I've had to undergo really important personal transformations in order to get to where we are. And so I use that very extreme example of that young disempowered male that goes and takes out their, their aggression on others. I, when I was 17, took out that aggression on myself and I tried to commit suicide. I don't know if I've ever talked to you about that. And between like 17 and probably midway through my twenties, early twenties was just battling deep depression for a while. And it was, you know, you can try to figure out the reasons, you know, racism, fuck the school system, this, that, and the other thing. My, you know, parents want me to be like this, but I'm like that. And I don't think there's a place for me, you know, society's all wrong, blah, blah, blah. I have a, I have a ton of young employees that I can see the strains of these similar feelings. Um, maybe not everybody went to the extreme that, I did or that others do, but you can recognize the, the disempowerment and the language and in the body language. And I, you know, this part of my journey, which is I got sober, you know, half a decade ago. And that was a pivotal part of my journey because I didn't want to drink and do drugs. I didn't want to smoke weed every day. I was doing it to soothe myself because I was dealing with a bunch of internal pain, whether that internal pain was anxiety, not believing in myself, uh, numbing the disappointment of not living up to my, my own promises to myself on a daily basis. So I would get high and nobody knew around me because I was, I was pretty high functioning. Uh, you didn't know, maybe you did. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'm doing the same thing. I was doing the same thing. Yeah. So how can I know when, we're just good at hiding it. You hit these lows and then there's a, there's an opportunity to, to take a different approach. And what I learned through my journey, through the help of our friend Shay originally and Zach and so many others that are in our community that shared about it, that allowed me to go and reach out to them when I needed help was dude, life is a one day at a time affair. One day at a time, one step at a time when shit gets really hard. Like, I mean, there's all kinds of chaos. Like I woke up this morning not knowing how we were going to do something. I'm feeling anxiety. And it's just like one step at a time. That's the only solution. What's like the next best thing I can do? And like when stuff feels overwhelming or you don't believe in yourself or you don't think you can do whatever you want to do, so fuck it all, is just like, well, what's the next best thing that you can do? However long it takes, it's this journey of rewiring your brain to just see that all you have to do is take the next step. 
And over time, like I said earlier, you start to develop a belief in yourself that, oh, I can do that. I can take the next best step. And so all the old anxieties and worries that you had, they go away. They go away because your brain, you identify as somebody that can overcome challenge without having to binge drink on the weekends, without having to get high every night or every morning. I, I used to fucking wake and bake every day. And I would tell myself that night, like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to smoke tomorrow. And I'd wake up and I'd just like a fucking crack addict, find some weed or a roach somewhere <laughs> and like, you know, take a hit or two because I needed that to feel something, something because I just fundamentally was not believing in myself. And so you, it's just you, one day, one break it down, dude, break it so far down and create small wins for yourself. And when you can create small wins for yourself, it really, it really transform your belief in yourself, which is the fundamental problem. So, I mean, that was my struggle before prep to your door. And at my wedding, you, you were, uh, one of my groomsmen last year and I, I turned to Shay or, or Zach and at, at different times. And I was like, dude, I cannot believe that I'm not drunk right now. Like there was all these people, all this dancing and speaking oh, in public Chills. and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, how am I completely sober right now? Because I just stacked these things just daily. And it's like, now my outlook on life is different. It's right. It's how can I be helpful to others? And sometimes that's just holding a door open. Sometimes it's picking up trash off the floor when you see it. Sometimes it's calling somebody when you think about them or shooting them a text when you think about them. Other times it's, you know what? Taking the trash out when my wife wants me to take the trash out. It's just like refocusing your brain from, like I was saying earlier, to everything that is wrong, to everything that can be right. And that's a choice. That's a fundamental choice. And if we just boil all the, this is wrong with society, that is wrong with society, those things are probably true. But I know when I'm happier and more at peace with life is when I'm just taking responsibility for those things that are within my control. Because when I can just focus on that, like I'm good. And maybe I can't fix all of society as much as I would like to. And I'll probably keep trying in, in my ways, the ways that I can contribute. I want to feel good and I want to feel at peace during my time on earth. And I've learned that the formula for that is to just own my shit. So I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> I want to commend you because the cool thing about and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on one, 100, 200, when we get to 300, <laughs> Let's do it. is you're just, we're just going to see this progression because I have videos from every single one. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> talking early, like your storytelling has gotten better. Your mm. mannerisms, even just like what you're talking about, like feeling empowered, you are more empowered now 10 X than you were in the first episode, mm -hmm. just energy wise. It's not that you're any smarter or any, like you're always been smart, always worked hard, but I like how you've used this word empowered today because you mm. can see it within you mm. and you don't just get that. You have to earn it. And I think that's another thing that we don't continue to harp on as we age. I feel like when we're younger, it's talked about a lot. Like you got to earn the grade or earn the spot on the team. But then I think because when we get older, you get thrusted into this world where there's so many options, you don't even know what it means to like earn because now you're the one picking the end. In the beginning, it's like the end is there. You go to 12th grade and you either go get a job or you go to college. Then in college, like the end is there. You get a job or you start your own business. But if you choose any of those routes, it's like, okay, what job? Where? For what mm -hmm. company, for what industry, what location, like the options are so, such a variety now. And then yeah. that I think overwhelms people. So when you take somebody who's not empowered and you overwhelm them, you get what we've got. That, and that's the drinking, the drugs, the alcohol, because at the end of the day, when I, when I hear your story, it relates to me. It's somebody that has something inside them that they want to do with their life. They're, you're feeling something. And you want to do something, but you're overwhelmed with like, 
what is it should I actually do? Yeah. And you've just given everybody the toolkit for that, which is the only thing you can do is what can you do in the next 60 seconds? Yeah. Do what you can. (laughs) That is it. What can I do in the next 60 seconds? Well, I can either be this one way on the right or this one way on the left. And for so often in my life, I was the guy on the left, the negative. On the outside, it looked like I was a positive. I was the high achiever and the person that had everything. But deep down inside, it was everything's wrong. This isn't the way that I wanted it to go. I don't have enough money. I don't have the girl that I want. I don't have the job that I want. When I started realizing that like, I'm not the person that I want. And the only way to change that is just like you're saying. Yeah. Waking up that one day and just saying, what can I do in the next 10 minutes? And then making those small decisions. That is everything. Yeah. Almost every culture has the good angel and the bad angel on one shoulder. You know, the higher self, the lower self, the angels and the demons, God and Satan, and probably a million examples of it that I don't know of. And it's really just like stacking tallies on the good angel side, you know, just add a mark, add a mark, add a mark. Where do you still lean into the devil? I mean, all the time. Fortunately, the way it manifests is way less extreme than it used to be. Like you're talking about a teenager that used to get into fights every week, like just fights one-on-one fucking, oh, there's a fight in the park. Let's fucking go. Like, let's fucking go. Like, I remember I was drunk as shit freshman year of college and I was mad about shit and I just started fucking punching windows in and, you know, have done most drugs under the sun and, you know, just done awful stuff. I've done awful stuff and I hope nobody uses this against me in the future, but that is my story. And now the low is so much higher. So what is it? Honestly, the way I leaned into my lower self or the devil, however you framed the question earlier today was like, uh, I got off of a business call with, uh, my wife and I didn't like how she handled it in some ways. So I started to criticize her as soon as we got Mm. off the call and I was real intelligent about it, but was I like emotionally sensitive to it? No, I got to go clean that up later or it's just putting off important stuff. Like I actually, the way I do my, my list every day is like, what's the thing that I'm experiencing the most resistance towards? Well, that's probably the most important thing I could be working on. That's straight from the book. Uh, not the art of war, the war of art resistance. What is your resistance? And that is probably what you need to do. I mean, the same things there. Like I'm lucky that I don't need to reach for drinks or drugs anymore, but there's still food there's still crumble cookies one click away (laughs) to feel, to feel a little different, you know, losing your temper. But, you know, most importantly, it's really just like whatever promise I'm keeping to myself. Like yesterday I told you I'm, I'm training for this triathlon, right? So I had a three hour bike yesterday and the bike is like my worst sport out of the, the run and the swim. And I knew I had to do it. And I put it off all the way until 4 PM sunset was at 7 30 PM. So I was like not keeping the promise to myself all day, all day, all day, all day. But luckily I've trained the muscle to where the day won't go by. Okay. I I got it done. And yesterday's ride is a good example. I also hiked Pikes Peak, a 14,100 foot mountain in in this summer with my dad for his birthday. And Heather, my wife was with us too. So it was the three of us. It was grueling, like in a way that you wouldn't expect because you're just walking, Mm -hmm. but you're walking for like 10 hours and you're just climbing this elevation. And after two hours, you're like, that's usually when people are like, that was a long hike. We're good. But no, you got eight hours left to go. And the same thing if you're running a marathon or whatever it is. And like my dad, he kept pulling out his phone to be like, okay, we've got 6,300 feet left. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I only have one foot in front of the other left. Like I'm not making it if I try to count down. Cause when you're hiking, dude, climbing a hundred feet in elevation is apparently very grueling. Like each hundred feet of elevation. I was like, fuck, you're losing oxygen. we only climbed a hundred feet. Like, I feel like we just fucking hiked forever. So I was like, stop telling me, like, if you want to look, you go ahead. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other and the top will get here when it gets here. 
And like, that's just how I have to approach life now. Like I will do the planning. I will do the strategizing. I will set the goalpost. But after that, it's like, boom, what is one step, one step, one step, one step today. I'm going to go back even before you said that story where you were talking about, I hope somebody doesn't use this against me. Have you ever seen eight mile with Eminem? Yeah. yeah where he like wraps at the end of everything you could use against everything them. Everything you but, could use. Yeah. So that's what podcasting reminds me of. Like so. one of the, one of the freeing things and one of the reasons that I feel like I've been able to step into myself is being able to just talk freely about things. And it's just like, you can't really use something against somebody that they freely are like, this is what I've did. I'm owning that. Like, and True. I'm better for it now. And I think that even parlays into the hiking mm-hmm. because what that teaches us, I think, is to own where we're at in the process. And earlier when I'm the whole point of this conversation we've been talking about is starting at the beginning is when I started the podcast and you we were starting your businesses, you got to start with owning yourself first and then you can own the things around you. What I mean by that is like with the podcast, I can look at the podcast and be like, this is a fort, like this is a 14er. That's what they call them. Yep. From zero to 50, I literally told myself the only goal is to get better at being a host. And then I write down, what does it mean to be a better host? Everything that is entailed with that. Then 50 would hundred is like, okay, I'm going to build a system to make this more efficient. Now that I've done zero to 50, how do I optimize a little bit so that I can keep going and not want to give up on this thing? Then from 100 on, it was like, how do I make the process of potentially scaling this improved? And that's mm-hmm. where the video, better video came in, 100 to 150. Then 150 to 200, it's like, okay, I need to do ads or build a team or invest in somebody else because that's what's going to take the scale. And then 200 onward, it's now I'm at the point where it's, I would say, if you were thinking of 14er, you're at like that 10,000 foot mark. And you're just like, I can see the top, yeah. <laughs> but it would be cool. Like people wouldn't judge me if I just said, you know what? I got this really great view. I went, I, I did this seven <laughs> hours up and whatever. But the thing is going back to owning your own shit and owning your story. Do I want to tell the story of only getting to the 10,000 foot or do I want to tell the story of going to the top? And I think if you are thinking of life that way, it makes each of those steps easier versus the person that your dad was pulling out the the steps on there. It's so funny because when I run with Aaron, she constantly is looking at her watch <laughs> and I'm like, stop fucking looking at your watch. Like when we're running, I'm out here to run Yeah, that's... one foot in front of the other. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't look at, I mean, I have my phone in my arm, but yeah. like I'm just running Yeah, and Every probably thousand feet, she's like turning her wrist. Uh, and turning I her would wrist. Die. I'm like, <laughs> I, I've mentioned it to her multiple times, but the reason I've been able, I think, to tap into that, and I'd love to see if you're the same, is when you think of the 14er, just like you were doing there, the reason I've been able to lean into, like, I'm just running because the lens of where that running is bringing me to has broadened over the years versus. Yeah. When I was a collegiate athlete, it was literally like so close minded that I never ran. I never looked out and been like, if I just run two miles a day, I'm going to be a better soccer player. Yeah. But it was like, I have to run 10 or like it was, I always overwhelm myself to like justify, I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah. But now because the vision and the lens is longer, it's just like, just run. Yeah. Like want to be a better human? Just run, just work out, just eat a little better. It's like, almost less it's more ambiguous (laughs) ambiguous but the purpose behind it the lens is further out where have you seen that where's the 14er in Mm -hmm. other areas of your life yeah i think that was an important thing i want to talk about so at every level of attainment that when you can prove that you can do something to yourself then you just come up with other stuff right and that's okay and I think part of your story about like hiking 7,000 feet, but not getting the rest of the way, like what's a better story. Also, you know, inside what you set out to do that morning. Mm-hmm. That's for me way more important about what I tell other people. It's like, even if other people think it was phenomenal, I fucking knew that I set out to go and hike that 14er. You lied to yourself. If you didn't and, I, and I, and I broke that promise to myself. And that's the type of shit that eats away at you. 
And that's literally the seed of disbelief. Like, how do you build confidence? How, how do you believe in yourself? What is believing in yourself? It's just believing in what you're telling yourself. So if I tell myself that I can be successful, then if I don't believe in myself, it's because I haven't done things in the past that would lead me to believe that I can be successful. And so what's the 14er in my life now? It's like, I remember when we were at Whole Foods, you know, back in the day, because we never, we didn't have offices or whatever. You know, <laughs> I, I'm pretty Foods. sure I told you, yeah, Whole, Whole Foods was, <laughs> was the, the office. office. It was the office for everybody. And, uh, you know, my, my goal at that time was to like be, you know, the, the best company in Austin. And then I remember when I started to be like, yeah, we are that. And then, okay. We're going to be the best in Texas. And we're getting pretty close to achieving that in the next 18 months. And now I'm like, we got to be the best in the country. And then when we get to that, I don't know what my brain is going to come up with after that. And it's not about hitting those milestones. It's about becoming the person that can achieve those milestones. It's just about keeping the promise to myself. And that allows like the, the goals just always change. It's just not about that. It's, it's just being true to oneself. That's, that's what matters. So the 14ers for me now are like, we're in the middle of a rebrand. We're going to be launching a new name, logo, look. It's the same company, but like those things are changing and we'll be done in mid-November. Heather was in Santa Barbara this weekend and she rented a Tesla on Turo, like the car sharing app. And the dude goes, hey, uh, she was wearing a green prep to your door bag. He goes, hey, I know that company. That's like with the jars, right? Is in Santa Barbara, California. And she goes, yeah. He's like, yeah, my brother uses y'all in Austin. And she called me and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> because we're doing this rebrand now because we're like, okay, we've only built brand equity in like Austin and Houston mainly. Before we scale out of the state, like let's, let's do the name and the things that we've wanted to do and now can afford so that we don't have to re-earn all that brand equity outside. And I was like, on one hand, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Some random dude in California recognizes our company. And on the other, I was like, oh shit, have we, have we already started to build brand equity that we would lose? So that's like my 14er right now. It's like, are we going to lose like all the credibility? Are we going to have to re-earn all our audience by changing our name six years in? That's one example. The meeting that I had before I came here today was with Force of Nature Meets. Like we're considering and exploring adding regenerative meats to our menu. We've been a vegan company till now. So the voices in my head are like, are people going to kill us? Like, are we going to lose our most loyal customers? So on and so forth. This summer, we raised our prices significantly. I've told you that because of certain reasons. And that whole time, my brain is like, are we going to lose everything? So like, it just changes. But here's the thing. This summer... I remember telling one of our investors, I was like, I feel like I could have a heart attack at any moment. Like I told him that because I don't know if this is going to work. And I, I've done all the math that I can possibly do. I've done all the strategy, but like, as soon as I send this letter to our customers that these things are going to change, I don't know if everybody's going to leave and everything that we've built to date will just like crumble. Will we go from this many subscribers all the way to zero? I don't know. And I'm just like, that not knowing, I feel like I could just die. My heart was just so tight. And we did it. Everything's fine. We did lose customers and we're rebuilding back. But like that change was fundamentally for a good reason. And so we'll just keep doing things that like, it's cliche that will make us uncomfortable. But once we do the thing that once I do the thing that made me uncomfortable, it won't make me uncomfortable when I have to do it again. Man, there's just a whole list of examples on this entrepreneurship journey. We've had employees leave. We've had a key employee die last year out of nowhere. He just died. And it was like, I had to go back and I fucking cried in front of everybody. I found out we didn't know where he was. He didn't show up to work for like three or four days and we're like this is completely unlike him like so, so one of our team members drove out to his house and he was like his car is here man like and so he called his family and his family's like we haven't been get we haven't heard anything from him like 
So we called the police and police went upstairs and, and they found him dead upstairs, not a drug overdose. Like he just had like an internal gastrointestinal issue that he simply could have gone to the hospital and he would have been okay and lived, but he was one of those tough it out guys. And wow. so he just tried to tough it out at home and something went wrong in an instant and he died. And I had to go back to the team. Like, it's not about me, but one of my experiences as like kind of growing and maturing was I'm like looking at this room full of people and I'm, and I had to deliver the news and like then figure out how to call his parents and tell them and their, his parents came and picked up his stuff and we held a little service and just like navigating, you know, on one hand he just died. So let's mourn. And also like, everybody's like, okay, well, what the fuck do we do now? So like maintaining the balance of like humanity and also like, okay, well, we need to fill the gap. Yeah. Right. And that's just like stuff that you cannot expect that was extremely uncomfortable. And I don't want to say that it would be any less uncomfortable if that extreme of a thing happened in the future. But I was prepared for that traumatic moment because of the freeze that happened the year before where we lose 60 K in inventory. Nobody can get food or water. And I'm like, what the fuck? 60 K that was a shit ton of money. And it would still be a shit ton of money today. And like, the intense anxiety and fight or flight feelings you have to deal with, but you deal with them. And every time you deal with that fight or flight and you prove to yourself that you, you can deal with that fight or flight response constructively, you just become more and more comfortable in it as the next thing inevitably occurs. And that's that story of expect the unexpected. You just learn to expect the unexpected. You trust yourself to be able to do your very best in those moments. And you also know that, man, I've been in a really stressful time before and this feels really stressful, but I know, I know that we're going to get through it. And then you can just kind of be a little bit more clear while you're going through it. And I don't know if there's a, a conclusion to that thought, but to the 23 to 25 year old male that we're talking out there or younger or older, where you have some ideas about yourself, it's just stack those promises to yourself a little bit at a time and you just become who you thought you could be. And it's just a really cool, cool way to live life. That's where we're going to end. Condolences to that man's family. That's a, a heavy story and it's something I hope you never have to go through again. And yeah. anybody listening, that's one thing where I don't... I hope you don't have to learn yeah. firsthand. There's other hardships that we can go through that can build you up. Um, but the reality of, of business is that people are the backbone of it. And as a person, we never know when our time is. And that's one reason that I think out of this whole conversation, the biggest takeaways for me are that control your one step. Mm -hmm. Really, that's all we can do. And then the other thing I want to add to that is realized how grateful you should be to even be able to take this step yeah. in the first place. And that's something over the years that I've been super grateful for because you talked about all the goals changing and shifting and the doing and the, all the things where you're failing and iterating and that process in itself should be looked at with appreciation. And that's something that like take this room for granted like this is way better than Whole Foods, but in my mind, <laughs> yeah. this is not even close. Like this is a thousand feet up on that fourteen thousand. Totally. Like I got nine hours left of climbing. Hundred percent. Because I know what I want this to look like. I'm just much more patient in the process these days because I've learned that I want to take that step in intentionally and the next step intentionally and enjoy and appreciate each one of those steps. So, man. This was an awesome one. I just want to appreciate you taking the time. You got a lot going on and the value that you just dropped is very appreciated. The people listening to this and then even myself, when I listen back to this is going to be really cool to hear how far we've come and yeah. I just want to give you a moment here to tell people where they can find you, connect with you, uh, any last words that you have. I mean, all I was doing was hyping myself up here. Now I can go and do a bunch <laughs> of stuff that I don't really want to do after this. Uh, reminding myself like this is this is the code this is the code of conduct i think the the final parting thought is i was telling my wife the other day that as i look back i'm turning 30 in a few months that all of the best things in my life were completely unexpected meeting her completely unexpected owning a vegan food delivery company for six years 
what <laughs> vegan me i'm not vegan but a vegan food company what are we talking about here getting sober going through the whole 12-step program that's for fucking crazy people all kinds of stuff and these are all the best things that have ever happened to me and it's just the theme of this conversation is that as long as you can become the person that you want to be little by little by little then you'll be able to you know avail those little opportunities i wasn't who i am now but i had been listening to that little voice of who i could be enough to that it attracted my wife i'd been following it just enough that I was bold enough to start this company. I had been following it just enough to have my wife who knew to tell me that you need to go get sober, dude, because this isn't going to work out if you don't. And you just, it's, it doesn't need to happen overnight because as long as you just keep, like if whoever's listening keeps a promise to themselves today, they're going to feel good about that today. Even if they're not at the grand vision, they're going to feel good about themselves today. And then you wake up tomorrow and you got to do it all over again. All we got is 24 hours. Make all every heartbeat count. Yeah. So I'm sure that you can find my company Prep to Your Door on Instagram. You can find me, Fayez Rana, on Instagram. You'll learn to spell my name in the show notes. And that's it. I hope, I hope that this was a valuable conversation. It was to me. So that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Brought some joy to my life. I crossed off a promise I made to myself. And time to uh, do the same thing tomorrow. Yep. We'll get after it. The best thing that you can do for me and Fias right now is go support him and his business and everything that he's working on. He just mentioned where to find him at. And then if this conversation impacted you, the number one thing I can ask of you is to share it with somebody else that you think that this could help. Uh, that's how we grow and rising tides lift all ships is a saying that I have and strive together, thrive together. The way that we make this world a better place is we get impacted and then we figure out how to utilize that impact and that energy to just help that one person next to us. So the one promise on top of making that promise to yourself is make the promise to not only improve yourself, but then extend that energy above and beyond yourself. And let's make this world a better place until next time. The CJ Finley with the thrive on life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.